0: I'm Afshin and welcome back to Going Underground Broadcasting all around the world from the Middle East. In recent days over 10,000 Palestinians mostly women and children have been killed with UK, US, EU nation weapons in Gaza and near Jerusalem. To NATO nation media and politicians advocating against a ceasefire amidst the slaughter. The war on children began seven weeks ago today. But is Israel's reputed 9-11 really what NATO corporate media want you to think it was? One of the greatest journalists in the world writing today has new revelations about what happened on October the 7th. He's editor-in-chief of The Gray Zone based in Washington, D.C., co-director of Killing Gaza, and author of The Management of Savagery, How America's National Security State Fueled the Rise of Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Donald Trump. He joins me in the studio. Max, thanks so much for uh, coming to our studio. Why, uh, I mean, it's not the Dubai Air Show, it's not the Global Media Forum, perhaps it's something grimmer than that. How come you're here?
1: It is fairly grim. I had actually been in Cairo, Egypt, hoping to reach the Egyptian side of Rafah to monitor the aid situation uh, as part of a delegation that was going to raise awareness about the lack of aid going in. And the Egyptian government blocked our permission, has blocked all internationals, and pretty much any form of activism in support of Palestine or against the humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza is off limits in Sisi's Egypt at this point. So I diverted to here, to your studio, and...
0: Uh, <laughs> well, CeCe did refuse to meet with uh, your President Biden, in fairness, along with, uh, of course, the King of Jordan. But let's get to the 7th of October then, because central to the NATO nation narrative is, everything began on October the yeah, 7th. Yeah, um, yeah tell the, me about that, what you think
1: of, of that as well. It's the beginning of history. And, you know, right as, and now as we speak, Hospitals of northern Gaza are under attack. CNN is not showing these images from inside the hospitals of doctors being handcuffed, blindfolded, humiliated, uh, babies being taken from intensive care units and incubators um, to other wings of the hospital as they're under attack by Israelis. This is too is the product of American propaganda deployed by the Pentagon and White House, claiming that there are underground bunkers, that the hospitals are doubling as military bases. Their intelligence assessments are essentially recycled Israeli propaganda. And we saw the same thing take place after October 7th with the White House. Green lighting Israel's genocidal military operation in the Gaza Strip on the basis of lies, deceptions and distortions of half-truths spun straight out of Netanyahu's office and into the mouth of Biden, uh, starting with the 40 beheaded babies lie. But one of the greatest lies that hasn't been unpacked yet, which I delved into at the gray zone, was what actually took place on October 7th and raising the question of how many Israelis were actually killed by the Israeli military using the same doctrine of disproportionate force and the indiscriminate use of heavy weapons that we're now seeing in the Gaza Strip. And it appears that the death toll it was pretty high.
0: Yeah, because all we hear from the politicians in NATO countries is October the 7th is when Hamas opened fire on innocent people, uh, I mean, in fairness, many of them may well have been IDF reservists because they were Israeli citizens, but they were partying by the siege wall, And this was nothing to do with Israeli on Israeli fire.
1: Well. First of all, we now know from official Israeli statistics and confirmed deaths published by Haaretz that at least 50 percent of those killed were on military bases at the time. They were Gazas. They were Israel's Gaza division, which was enforcing the siege of Gaza, active duty soldiers in uniform. They were the main targets of the Hamas commando division, their elite units. And U.S. media, never, western media, never showed the video shot by Hamas and Islamic Jihad commandos by GoPro cameras of them killing these soldiers who had been previously killing them in many military operations. They turned to the killing of civilians, or not Israeli non-combatants, in order to create political space for what was to come next, the Israeli operation inside Gaza. And the Israelis assisted them by providing images, which are now seen on websites that the Israeli Foreign Ministry is promoting, like Hamas-Massacre.com, which show extremely grisly images. Now it's clear that in the attempt to take captives Hamas militants did kill civilians. They were shot with Kalashnikovs. Some may have been killed with grenades. Those were the only weapons they carried. But if you look at the images of, for example, the homes in Kibbutz Be'eri, which was one of the main sites of hostage standoffs, these homes look like many of the homes in the Gaza Strip, which I've personally seen covering the 2014 assault on Gaza. Totally destroyed, cooked. Entire families were actually found in these homes, Israeli families, under rubble, as Palestinian families are now being found in Gaza. If you look at cars which were fleeing the Nova Electronic Music Festival, these cars were completely charred, melted, and many of the bodies that were found inside were also charred. And all of these images were taken and presented to Western media in various uh, screenings and through these websites as casualties of Hamas's savagery, that they burned people alive, that they burned entire families alive. And what's absolutely clear and confirmed is that the Israeli military shelled these homes in Kibbutz Berry with tanks under orders from the top to... As, as one kibbutz security coordinator named Tuval Eskapa put it, to shell the homes on top of their occupants, even if they were Israeli. And we can go through so many other testimonies produced in Hebrew media, which I uh, synthesized in my report, to show a systematic campaign of friendly fire ordered from the top of the Israeli military to prevent Hamas militants from taking captives into the Gaza Strip.
0: Is that what Netanyahu means by, oh, when all of this is over, we'll go through about the events on October the 7th? But that still doesn't even explain why it is that at the State Department briefings, you have been at them. Uh, journalists uh, do not ask why this phrase uh, beheadings, the phrase rape used yeah. at the UN Security Council. I don't know what you have to say about Uh, that accusation, why these words, obviously trigger words, are being used, and as you say, while the horrors of uh, real incubators are on show to the world in social media.
1: Rape, gang rape, burning people alive. Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, testified before the Senate that Hamas cut the feet off of children. There's no basis for any of this. The, The real story should have been enough for them to have been able to justify their case. But they, had, they needed to go further because they were planning to attack the entire civilian population. And the White House has accepted this. Uh, for example, I debunked one new claim of rape put on this Hamas-Dash Hamas dash massacre site, uh, which shows a naked woman who had been stripped and killed. This was a photograph likely of a Kurdish female fighter that has been online since at least 2022. Um, I found the- And what
0: was it tweeted out as evidence by an Israeli- The Israeli
1: post. foreign ministries promoted it as uh, Hamas rape. Um, but if you actually look at the website that I found it on, uh, look at the metadata, it first appeared in June of 2022. I found tweets of this image from uh, later in 2022. So there's no way that this could have happened after October 7th. And they deleted,
0: the Israeli foreign ministry deleted this after you pointed this out.
1: Yes, and then you have uh, Yasmin Porat's testimony. She was a woman who escaped the Nova Music Festival, headed to Kibbutz Be'eri, then was holed up in a home during a hostage standoff. She testified to Israeli public radio that everyone who was killed among the Israelis in that home during the standoff was killed by Israeli special forces in what she called crossfire. Undoubtedly, they killed everyone except for the one Hamas commander who uh, was her captor who surrendered. And then they fired two shells into the house for good measure, making sure everyone was dead. Among those who were killed, according to Israeli Channel 12, was a child who Naftali Bennett, Israeli member of Knesset, former prime minister, said was actually burned to death by Hamas. This is conf- a confirmed kill by the Israeli military, spun out by the former Israeli prime minister as evidence of Hamas savagery. There are so many cases of this. There's a website, October7th.org, where I just found a testimony by a woman who said that she had been on a tuk-tuk, a rickshaw, uh, with several other captives and Gaza residents who may not have even been with Hamas. This is another element we can talk about. Well, I mean- And this tuk-tuk was, sh- was, hit not- she was not hit by Hamas. Hamas didn't kill the people on it. It was hit by an Apache helicopter Hellfire missile, and she was the lone survivor. There are so many cases like this, and we can just look at the testimony of these Apache helicopter pilots to understand why that took place.
0: And clearly, the relatives of the bereaved in Israel want to know the truth uh, just as much. So, we can establish, if one doesn't think it's some kind of false flag, that the Israeli security state utterly failed in Absolute any failure. kind of attempt. Biggest at failure in history different types of surveillance systems, their billion-dollar fence, all these things failed. And the propaganda war, they're having to delete their tweets and retract things. But, of course, by the time the first lie is out, what, your uh, colleagues in the United States press, they believe the rapes, the beheadings, the burnings of bodies.
1: Yeah, it's just a systematic campaign of lying. But as uh, State Department spokesman Matthew Miller said, it's not misinformation, this is just... Uh, untruths happening in the fog of war, they can't imagine that the Israelis would actually systematically seek to deceive the public in order to create political space for what is quite clearly a genocide that includes the destruction and occupation of every hospital in northern Gaza and the ethnic cleansing of 1.1 million people, possibly more. Uh, but it's very clear to anyone who's criti- who has a critical mind that what took the true story of what took place on October 7th has yet to be told. And mark my words, Afshin, the mainstream press will one day pick up on the thread that I laid down and will be forced to investigate the orders to to carry out fratricide by Israeli commanders on Israeli citizens in order to prevent captives from going into the Gaza Strip. That's the worst fear of the Israeli military intelligence apparatus and the Israeli political sphere. Consider how many captives they had to give up Uh, for Gilad Shalit, the Israeli soldier who was taken captive in 2006. 1,027 Palestinian prisoners or captives were given up for Gilad Shalit. Now they have something like 199. This is a nightmare. This is the biggest scandal in Israeli history. Thousands of uh, Hamas and Islamic Jihad fighters were able to carry out an operation without Israel's vaunted Unit 8200 detecting anything. It humiliated the Israeli intelligence services. Their Gaza division was wasted. 400, 500 soldiers lost in a few hours. And so to deflect from that and from Netanyahu, for Netanyahu to stay in office, if, the moment he leaves office, he's going on trial again. He could be convicted. To deflect from that, they need to deploy a tidal wave, a propaganda blitzkrieg of Holocaust-level imagery. And so what they have turned to in many cases is imagery of the victims of Israeli-friendly fire. But Which of course, another scandal.
0: But of course, until the day... Uh, they uh, eventually understand what, what uh, really happened and uh, the arguable propaganda. They're going to talk about the video that was shown to members of Congress this week. I understand yeah. journalists, the Going Underground weren't invited. The Gray Zone weren't invited, presumably, to see the secret videos, secret by videos. The, uh, under the guidance of the Israeli uh, authorities. We, we haven't seen them but presumably the shocked faces and teary-eyed faces of members of the press and politicians show, no, you're wrong, you're not allowed to see it as editor-in-chief of The Grey Zone, but if you knew and had seen that, you'd have seen. I mean, is it possible they have edited the footage?
1: I mean, it is absolutely certain that many of the images that were shown to them did not portray what they claimed they did. For example, when the 40 Beheaded Babies story was immediately debunked and Biden retracted it along with CNN, Netanyahu had to cover for himself. So his office deployed a picture of burned body parts and they said it was a baby. There's only one documented death of a infant on October 7th, 10 months old, shot by accident. These burned body parts turn out to have been probably body parts of people cooked by Hellfire missiles that were then assembled together. So, And then you have these briefings. The first briefing took place on an Israeli military base where they gathered the entire foreign press together and put on a Clockwork Orange-style performance for them to hack their brains and get them in line. And it was an off-the-record session on an Israeli military base. What kind of journalist would agree to such a thing? Where are the ethics there? You're agreeing to not go on the record about what you see and to subject yourself to an obvious psychological operation on an Israeli military base while the military is literally beheading children and burning them alive in Gaza with 2,000-pound bombs in refugee camps? So this is an indictment of the international press, and it's an indictment... Of these politicians who are willing to be subjected to this.
0: Max Blumenthal, I'll stop you there. More from the founder and editor in chief of The Grey Zone after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the founder and editor of The Grey Zone, Max Blumenthal, co director of the documentary Killing Gaza. Max, we were talking about October the 7th. We now, of course, this week have seen, uh, if we're watching social media or uncensored media, we're not going to be seeing it on uh, arguable uh, so-called mainstream uh, corporate media around the world, the normalization of attacks on hospitals. How do you think journalists uh, are managing to uh, cover what we can clearly see, are babies in incubators under attack? as if that is a normal response to the events we were just talking about in part one on October the 7th.
1: Well, it really confirms in the minds of people across the Arab world, Palestinians, people in Gaza, that the Western, Western officialdom and the Western press is simply racist. Because only one year ago, they were all pining over Russian attacks on hospitals, which were indisputably- Denied
0: by Russia, I should
1: denied say. Denied by Russia and which were indisputably less intimately carried out than what we're seeing where the Israeli military is actually going into these hospitals on foot and by hand attacking humiliating doctors and forcing patients out into the cold. And if What are they, what are they like?
0: You're, I mean, just the other day, I saw you at the State Department asking questions of Lincoln's spokesperson. What's it like in that room when most of the journalists there don't seem as upset, as you clearly are, about the the murder of babies.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just, it's surreal to go in that room and to see this and witness the subdued tone about what's, what is the greatest atrocity of our time being carried out before our eyes in my opinion, a genocide, in the opinion of many genocide scholars. And they're just asking about how many aid trucks got through, or they're trying to divert the discussion to whether Iranian assets will be s- stolen by the US. And there's me and a f- few other reporters, less than I can count on this hand, who are actually willing to ask tough questions. And I put forward the, qu- the issue of Blinken and Biden accusing China and Russia of genocide and why This did not qualify as a genocide and they were actually green lighting every escalation of atrocities by the Israelis up into the point where they are taking over hospitals and forcing ICU patients to die, forcing babies off incubators. The U.S. started a war, the first Gulf War, over bogus claims of incubator babies, babies being taken off their incubators in Kuwait by Saddam Hussein's troops. Now it's really happening? In the Gaza Strip right before our eyes. You can go on Twitter and see it right now. And the U.S. is sending more weapons. They're actually They've actually just authorized thousands more Hellfire missiles and more JDAM bunker buster bombs so Israel can, quote, finish the job. Now what's really happening here with these hospitals? We need to be clear in understanding what the objective is because the White House is providing cover for Israel to do it by claiming they've seen that there are hidden bunkers under these hospitals. But that's not why Israel wants to remove these hospitals. It wants to clear out these hospitals because, and I've been to Shifa Hospital during times of war and peace, during times of war, it's surrounded by people whose homes were destroyed. The entire neighborhood around it, Rimal, was destroyed, and it had tens of thousands of people there, and it's providing urgent care to people, and it's, a uh, station for journalists. They need to clear them all out so they can ethnically cleanse the entire north of Gaza, remove the centers of life in order to manufacture a humanitarian crisis, then push the population to the Rafah border of Egypt and create impossible pressure on the Egyptian government. Until they let these refugees in, by the hundreds of thousands, they will put them in tents in the Sinai Desert, and then they will be permanently resettled in the Arab world or scattered throughout the West. This is the new Nakba that former Shin Bet director Avi Dichter of Israel has called for explicitly. It is ethnic cleansing and genocide being carried out before our eyes, and the hospitals are central to this plan.
0: So those would clearly be breaches of Geneva Conventions established uh, at... uh, Nuremberg, but then I think your colleague in that uh, State Department uh, press room, another journalist, Sam Hussein, he was asking about complicity in genocide. Yeah. seemed to make them think. Do you think there are officials in the State Department and perhaps the White House and the Biden administration as a whole who understand that they could, at some later date, be prosecuted at some Nuremberg type tribunal for complicity in the worst crimes? humans can ever do to other humans.
1: No, I think Tony Blinken thinks that he can continue to play the blues and live a life of luxury uh, until the end. That's why he preempted this campaign of, uh, he, he, he is tempted to, uh, attempted to undermine the tradition and the letter of international law by introducing the rules-based order. No one knows what the rules-based order means, but now we see it means that the U.S. makes the rules and everyone else has to follow their orders or they will die.
0: Finally, we, we understand We, we had
1: another reporter from the Gray Zone, Liam Cosgrove, go to the Pentagon and ask their spokesman You always talk about the laws of war and Israel ne- needing to follow the laws of war. What are those laws? And that spokesman, General Ryder, he could not answer the question. And this question gets asked again and again at briefings of the State Department. He said he Pentagon, didn't want to get in. What it. are the laws of war? What are the rules-based order? It's just rhetoric to undermine international law. Then you have Kareem Khan at the International Criminal Court. He's
0: been on this show.
1: He's, well, uh, I But I w- it's
0: laughable now. I think everyone recognizes, even though these hundreds of lawyers want a genocide conviction against the NATO powers, the ICC, ICJ, I've got to ask you, because you've been looking at this, yeah. who is Antony Blinken? What is his background and why it may that be uh, really important for people watching to understand when they see him talking with world leaders, his uh, counterparts around the world about the rules-based order, uh, equitable world and human rights?
1: Well, I mean, I, I wish Kareem Khan were sitting here so I could ask him why, he, when he promised to visit Palestine, he never did and was too busy indicting Putin for evacuating children from a war zone. But to, to your question about Tony Blinken, this is someone who's been made secretary of state because of his Zionist lineage. He is the grandson of Maurice Blinken, one of the first Israel lobbyists in the United States who set up a think tank in the 1930s to uh, produce an influential paper on how Zionist colonization could be economically uh, bountiful and productive in the historic land of Palestine. He was raised by his stepfather, Samuel Pissar, who was himself kind of an Israel lobbyist he was constantly in Francois Mitterrand's ear as his consigliere and he was also a fixer for Robert Maxwell the late Robert Maxwell, who is himself a Mossad agent, got a de facto state burial in Israel and was the father of the notorious Ghislaine Maxwell. So Tony Blinken comes into this, to, to his uh, position, having gone to successive AIPAC gatherings, telling them that he inherited his commitment to Israel's strength. And that's how he got approved by the Senate in bipartisan fashion. And that's where he stand, why he stands where he does on this genocide.
0: Now, uh, analysis like that is clearly not out there, uh, as Blinken uh, tours the world.
1: Yeah.
0: Obviously, they're killing women and children, uh, innocent uh, men too. They're also targeting journalists, yeah. according to Palestinian authorities. How important is it for uh, Israel to target journalists now? Because we've seen the targeting of journalists in NATO countries. As a matter of course, I know you've been covering Julian Assange's plight in great detail. Is targeting of journalists uh, key in the management of savagery, the, the title of your book?
1: Well, we've seen almost 50 journalists killed in the Gaza Strip. And when you look at how most of them died, several of them did. did the first journalist to die, four of them were killed when the main pre, one of the main press buildings in Gaza City that was still standing after many other journalists Journalistic and media towers were destroyed. Uh, They were killed because the Israelis evacuated the building and then they bombed the building next door where the journalists were standing. Now we start to see journalists one after another killed at home with their families. So they were targeted. Israel has the entire population registry in the Gaza Strip. It knows where everyone's home is and which family is in it. And we've seen the entire family of a journalist from Palestine TV, which is funded not by Hamas, by the, but by the Palestinian Authority, killed at home. We saw Wa'il dadu the Al Jazeera Arabic correspondent in the Gaza Strip, had his two children and wife killed at home, targeted. And an Israeli pundit went on Israeli Channel 13 after the killing and said, yeah, we didn't like his reporting. So we, we killed them. I mean, they're openly boasting about targeting and killing journalists. And where is the response from all the press freedom organizations? It's very muted. Tony Blinken has made press freedom one of his signature issues. And, of course, he refuses to talk about Assange. And he's not, and, and now he has this blood on his hands. And, you know, so right now we, all the institutions are exposed. The genocide prevention industry that Samantha Power helped spin out. Totally discredited. They've said nothing about what's happening in the Gaza Strip. Then you have the counter disinformation industry that s- supposedly existed to fight misinformation, malinformation, and disinformation. Said nothing about it. I don't Strip's know what BBC
0: verifies, go on.
1: Yeah, where BBC Verify has gone. Yeah, where are they? <laughs> uh, it's only Russia and and we all, and, and the press freedom industry. Very muted response.
0: They don't, they don't care. Okay, well, just finally, uh, we seem to have established uh, definitely that there are allegations that it's Israel doing the beheading, Israel uh, covering up and uh, forging the idea of rape and all these different crimes. Human shields is the standard go-to for all these NATO nation, uh, some would say stenographers masquerading as journalists. You uh, believe it is Israel that actually are behind (laughs) the use
1: of human shields? Well, we're seeing Israel use human shields in the Gaza Strip now, classic tactic. I've seen it used in Hebron. Uh, They capture men, blindfold them, and stand them in front of where the soldiers are stationed to prevent attacks on those soldiers. But then there's this, there's the concept of human shields that needs to be interrogated. Because what we're hearing is that Hamas embeds itself among the civilian population and therefore the deaths of civilians is something that we should just accept and that it's Hamas's fault and not Israel's fault. Even though Israel's using bunker buster bombs, in densely populated refugee camps. I've spent months and months over the course of years in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and other Israeli population centers. And you are surrounded by human shields because you cannot distinguish between the soldier who's carrying their weapon and wearing uniforms in shopping malls, restaurants and bars, and Israeli civilians. And the Israeli military places its own infrastructure right among the civilian population to the point where the largest Israeli military base, Haqqiriya, its defense ministry command center is placed directly next to the Azraeli mall in Tel Aviv. It's surrounded by civilian infrastructure, by restaurants, homes. So if anyone had the capacity to attack is probably the most important target they would be attacking a civilian neighborhood by design. Is that not a human shield? Well, if you think that's not a human shield, you're just simply racist and chauvinistic.
0: Well Max, we'll obviously invite uh, Anthony Blinken,
1: anyone from the State Department, anyone from uh,
0: Israel to uh, the Israeli authorities to uh, deny what you've been saying.
1: And I'll invite myself to the State Department when I get back.
0: People can watch that on uh, the State Department's website. Max <laughs> Blumenthal, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. That's it for the show and condolences from the whole team here at Going Underground to those bereaved by the ongoing violence in the Middle East. We'll be back on Monday with Holocaust survivor Dr. Gabon Maté, one of the world's greatest trauma specialists. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com, to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you on Monday.